Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chop, and today with me, I have the one and only Michael Ranfone with Ranfone Training Systems out of Hamden, Connecticut. Michael, how are you today, sir? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man. Always. It's always a pleasure getting to talk with different gym owners and, you know, learning about you and what you've done. So uh, it's going to be a great time. Well, I've, I've been around for a bit, so um, there's plenty to unpack. Well, let's uh, let's see what we can unpack here in our uh, time together. Um, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and open up to you and our listeners. Just kind of tell us about you, what you've done, um, you know, your passion behind the the training systems here, the Ramphone training systems and everything in between. Yeah, so I'll give you the uh, broad strokes, and then you can let me know where I got to dive into. So uh, I actually, in the beginning uh, of Ranfone Training Systems, I had no uh, inclination of training adult fitness. And now that that presents probably about 65% of our revenue at this point. I uh, was a lifetime athlete. I started in the uh, college strength and conditioning world, and I thought I was going to be a career college or pro strength and conditioning coach. Um, I ended up you know, leaving uh, after being like the youngest NC or division one strength coach at that time, I went back to school for manual therapy, uh, started my own consulting business. And I started working with high schools, colleges, just to stay in that athletic development world. And then, uh, obviously that kind of started to grow and get some traction. And then when I was in the process of really building out, like what the future looked like, I wanted my own facility. I wanted staff. And it became a quite a handicap if we were only training athletes in the Northeast, because it's basically a seasonal business. It's a part-time business, you know, like after school and summer and winter is really the only hot time to train athletes. So there wasn't really much year round margin to be had. And when you're trying to grow a staff and grow, uh, you know, the physical aspects, you're just at quite a disadvantage. So that's when I went and try to see, well, what else can we do? And we were always very performance-based, outcome-driven. Um, and I, I, and this is my own damaging admission here. I always said most adult fitness sucks. And it, I, it took me a while to catch myself and say, well, if I'm going to say that, then I got to put out a better product and service. I can't just say that, right? So mm-hmm. we went kind of back to the drawing board of how it could be amalgamated into our uh, business structure and some of the things that make us unique. And so now we have a a very performance-driven adult fitness uh, clientele, uh, as well as service offerings. Awesome. That's where we are today. (laughs) Hey, from one thing to the next. So diving just a little bit deeper about like, you know, you said you you wanted to own your own business. You wanted employees, staff, everything, you know, and you were a strength conditioning coach, which I kind of had a similar route that I wanted to go, but obviously here we are. Um, Yeah. What what truly was like, you know, th- throughout between like college and to where you are now, like what was the really the driving factor, like the force, like what was like, this is what I want? Like, was it just you just knew that this is what you wanted to do? Or was there like some type of, you know, passion behind like the the results, the the clients, whatever the case might be? What was like the the, the true driving factor for all this? Um, I, I would say that it's twofold, actually. Um, so the first one is the obsession with high performance. I was always, I was a college athlete, uh, always wanted to play at the highest level. I always seemed to work well with people that push themselves mentally, physically, emotionally. 
Um, so I knew whatever I got into post-college, I had to be in that environment. And since like um, I had this epiphany that I wanted to be a coach at an early age, I didn't want to be a sport coach. And strength and conditioning 20 years ago was just like this emerging field. Like you, it wasn't really out there. Um, so the options were less. So I got an internship at a college to be a strength and condition coach. And I just fell in love with the idea of getting people ready uh, and preparing adequately to, to put their, their uh, you know, bodies and minds through the, the gauntlet in a high performance kind of situation. And the second factor is as being a oft injured athlete, I knew that I could not perform at my best if I was unhealthy or injured. So to me, it became quite clear that high performance to achieve that, the, the currency is health. So then I had this huge like deep dive into like, well, what makes an athlete healthy? And then how does that extrapolate into everyday activities? So that's kind of the two driving factors that uh, have carried with me for the last 20 years. No, I love it. And it, it sounds like it's, it's held true for all those 20, you know, it's like, if you're not taking care of yourself, how are you going to take care of everybody else? Right. It's like, you know, people get, people can see all that. And, you know, I, I see it every single day. It's like, you see somebody that looks like they got two hours of sleep and they're like run off caffeine and yep. you know everything else. It's like, you know, there, there's, there's that balance that you have to find. And I think in the fitness industry, especially, and obviously everybody can speak to that. It's kind of like, you know, we got to find that balance where we're so busy taking care of everyone else and helping them that we have to take care of the back end things with us so we can continue that pattern. hundred percent. And there was, there was a lot to, to glean from the high performance world and, and professional sports that I was exposed to is that like most, most of the high level athletes don't stop playing because they can't uh, because they, they're not good enough. It's usually because of the accumulation of injury or an acute injury that they can't recover from. And you look at who I serve now, what high level uh, entrepreneurs, moms and dads, doctors, like they can't do their job the best of, at their ability if they are hurt, sick, uh, or unhealthy. So I, I think there's some parallels to draw from like that that top, you know, that elite level of performer, and then say, well, how can uh, how can mom become super mom? How can moms be better at their duties? How can lawyers do a better job of wearing the many hats that they have to on a day to day basis? hundred percent. And like, you know, like you and I both know, uh, maybe you more so than anyone is that, you know, this leads me to my next question, which is kind of where we'll just dive in. You know, when somebody comes to your ran phone training systems, you know, they walk in, they know nothing, or they've heard like minimal stuff, right? What's kind of like your elevator pitch. I know we talked about, you know, some things in a nutshell, what you do, but like what, what's going to be a client experience when they come in, like, you know, get, give us a, a quick, uh, client identifier who comes into you the most, obviously athletes, things like that, but let's talk gen pop, like yep. adult classes, you know, w what's a successful routine or program going to look like for somebody that comes in, that's, you know, wants to be healthy. You know, they want to strengthen something. They, you know, just overall just want to be able to feel better and move better. Yeah. So uh, this is, this is really probably one of the, the differentiators for us uh, in particular is, is how we try to conduct the selection process. So there is, there is a, a more uh, dedicated routine that we try to uh, subscribe to when a person comes in our doors. It's very much an evaluation and an appraisal rather than a sales pitch. And it also makes people who are less apt at sales be better closers. 
So you're not relying on just the, the verbal communication, but literally showing them like what lives behind the current curtain at Ranfone Training Systems. So they come in, they'll get a tour, they'll get an in-body done, they'll go through some kind of biomechanical uh, screen, some orthopedic testing, so that we really understand like the, the biology, the physiology, and the neurology that might be driving the result side of things. So when we identify some limiting factors, whether that be for, you know, getting rid of back pain or weight loss or uh, just wanting to run around with your kids feeling better, we're able to really objectively identify the limiting factors for that individual in front of us, which allows us to be very prescriptive with our suggestions or recommendations from a dietary or a training philosophy standpoint. Awesome. So that's where I wanted to go is like, all these athletes, all these people, even like regular adults that just, you know, play ball for a living or, you know, whatever yep. the case is, they jump into like some spring leagues and stuff like that, or, you know, whatever it is, you know, the education is so important because, you know, you and I know this, but maybe for the average listener out there, that's like, you know, they know about fitness, but do they really know like how to nurture their body the best way long-term, right? Not short-term, like your body is growing everything's moving like you're you're used to the physical movement because of high school or college sports and stuff like that but then you go long term and it's like okay i really got to focus on what i eat i really got to stretch i have to train this muscle to not have this injury and it's like there's so much science behind it that it can get overwhelming sure sounds like you guys do a really good job of breaking down you know what it is that they need and how to go about that you know not just for like six weeks or eight weeks but like you know, that longer term program where it's like they can take what they learn for the rest of their life. A hundred percent. And and a lot of like what we do with our gen pop crowd is from like our, our exposure in athletic development and high level athletic performance. Right. So we want to make sure that we can pinpoint the thing that's going to move the needle the most. Right. And do it in such a safe and effective way, as well as like, forecasting where they want to be and then reverse engineering the scenario. So it does not become a matter of guesswork. Mm -hmm. Oh, we'll try this. We'll maybe we'll go low carb. Maybe we'll do some hip training. It's like, no, here's, here's the path that you got to walk on. And then it just becomes a decision of like, do you trust us obviously, but like, are you committed to the program? Um, and, that, and that's why like I, I spend so much time or we spend so much time in the selection process of making sure that we have the right client that is uh, like listening and looking to do what we do because we are not for everyone, but we we can uh, kind of customize the way that we do things for pretty much anyone, right? Yeah. No, I, absolutely. It's it's like you, you almost have to like, like you said you're not you know not so much as a salesperson, but it's like let me level with you. Are you ready to commit to you? Because this is what's going to happen. It's inevitable if you don't change what's going on right now. So let's get a commitment to you to better yourself and, you know, so on and so forth and everything. Yeah. And I, and I think it actually helps the client make a better decision. You know, like I'm not, I'm not trying to offer my opinion. Like if you can't touch your toes, we should probably work on that. If you're 30% body fat, you know, like, so having some things that aren't tied to, you know, maybe the emotional component of making a sale or making a purchase or making yeah. a commitment, it allows them to have a little bit more objective information to be uh, a little bit more uh, aggressive with the buy-in process. Yeah, hundred percent agreed. Uh, so let's dive in a little bit more on like, you know, the numbers in inside the business. And what I mean by that is, you know, 
currently like with your base, you know, what's your number base as far as like recurring memberships, you know, do you have packages, things like that, but like, what's, what's that number uh, currently and what's the size of your facility? Uh, so the size of the facility, we're about 17,000 square feet. Um, we have a relatively small membership. Like we, we float right around 220 on a yearly basis. Now that's just gen pop. Like we also have to account for like the inflow or influx of the seasonality of sports and athletes, mm -hmm. uh, which again, like I alluded to earlier is really the winter months and the summer months is when we get maybe another 70 people in here. Yeah. Uh, so we have to be cognizant of the capacity issues that that can present. Um, so that's why like we have our EFT is probably about 150 and then there's a, a second tier and that's all semi-private uh, base membership. And then we have the one-on-one -on -one stuff that they can go to a recurring model, but most of them pot buy in like packages or front end deals where we can, again, like let's say it's going to take three months to our knowledge, it's going to take about three months to get you to where you want to be. They yeah. only have to commit to the three months. You don't have to give me a year commitment if we know we can get you where you want to be. And then again, it makes an easier conversation at the end of the three months if they want to go into a continuity offer or they need something different from us. So we try to create a little bit more flexibility around like the back end rather than the front end. Like we're going to be very specific. We're going to be very pointed in saying this is our this is what our best shot is of mm -hmm. getting you where you want to be in the timeline that we both agree that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and then real quick, um, your facility, is that, is that 17,000 square feet? Is that all you, or is that shared with maybe like some other things inside, or is that just strictly your standalone building? It's all us. Awesome. And so, you know, obviously, you know, I, I used to work in Delray. So, you know, the seasonal transient is very relevant and it's like three months slammed or six months slammed, <laughs> like those yeah. hotter summer months or for you guys, maybe the colder months, you know, it's like, boom ghost land and uh you know it makes it hard but with your numbers currently you know what is that something that's you know a good number like what's the target number where you want to get to that would be um sufficient to you know get you to the next steps whatever those might be yeah i I, mean, I think we're pretty close you know obviously everyone's had to deal with certain disadvantages coming out of the pandemic and kind of rebuilding um so we actually had a a, a main group offering uh, as part of a membership Okay. And that seemed to just dry up and um, at, at the point of where we don't even really run those classes anymore. So we're, we have one opportunity every week to do a group class type of thing. And uh, it actually makes it more special. So our core offering right now is semi-private, right? And with the amount of capital or labor that we have to uh, deploy for that, I think we, if, to make the next move, I would have to really concentrate on the labor, developing staff, because everyone writes their own programs. Again, it's just a different type of service model. Um, so, and that's the hardest piece for us, even though we do have an internship program, which most of our uh, staff has come from. Uh, but it just, it takes a little bit more time than, uh, and, and, and rationale behind just throwing money at, like, we need someone to man the floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, it would have to be a very dedicated, concerted effort for us to really grow even another 50, which I think would be uh, stretching our limits physically right now. Yeah. Just with like the staff that you're saying currently. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But on the, on the flip side, you play devil's sword, like obviously more members, more revenue, more sure. staff. I think it's kind of like that domino effect, right? Yeah. And but I mean, I've, I've kind of been around long enough that bigger is not always better. 
because uh, you know there's downstream effects to, to increasing your client size, your staff size, uh, and I, I think I'm really proud of where we're at and how we actually be, are able to preserve quality control. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if the the next move for us is to grow the membership, but also add in some different components that might add more value to the membership itself. Right. Almost kind of like you're you're maximizing what's already inside of the facility to the point where like okay we're at 90% cap of what we can right. do. Um, so let's slide into, you know, this next question, you know, say you, you keep the quality because obviously more people than you have to move some things around a little bit more. And it's like, yeah. okay, now you have to do, like you said, more quality control to make sure that you're still withstanding, you know, the ran phone guide systems, everything that was put in place and the, everything that you believe in, you know, what is like the big picture, you know, you, you know, maybe add a few more members, you get the staff to keep the quality the same. What's like, let's talk like short term, one to three years, and then maybe like five years plus. Like what's like the broad big picture for what you would really want to do? Uh, so the, the number one business objective for this year is, uh, so we're, we're in talks of partnering with a health clinic. Um, Cause what we've, we've done before is really try to present a full spectrum of, of comprehensive proactive healthcare through physical medicine, nutrition strategies, and accountability. Yeah. So we have done stuff with Inside Tracker. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but they're one of the big uh, blood analytics company out there. So we've been doing blood testing uh, to make sure that we are, what we say is actually being done from a health standpoint. So the next move is having someone that is full-time as a medical doctor that can help other people figure out uh, alternative health care so that they're not relegated to a once a year PCP appointment for 15 minutes. So what we'd like to introduce to them is different types of things, where, whether it be VO2, VO2 max testing, uh, DEXA scans, hormone optimization, and, and really get granular with the service structure rather than adding different layers to the service on top. Yeah, so that's, that's the big thing that we're gonna do that we should know in the next quarter. Nice. Excellent. Next, next, like one to three months ish. Yeah. Um, no, that's really cool. It's kind of, it's almost like, you know, you see like in Florida, they have like these med spas, right. Or they have like where they do little hormone testing or they'll do like different things. And it's kind of like you said, gives you that full spectrum. So that's really cool that you want to incorporate, you know, that into it. Um, what would you say, you know, from that point is, you know, what's going to get you to that point? Is it a matter of, just contracting or finding the right, or is there like a numbers game involved? Kind of walk us through that a little bit. Well, I mean, I, structurally, I don't think it's that that difficult because we we've been in talks with um, the the medical side. So remember, like I'm I'm not a medical provider, so I can't provide medical right. Know, so there's some legalities of what I can do and what they can do, and how we refer and how we create an affiliate program. The bigger thing I think is that for people to understand, especially coming out of the last couple of years where health was actually at the forefront of most people's thought process, is making sure that the gyms and any gym can now change healthcare. Like, I think that's a really important conversation that's just not happening, but we see more and more doctors who come in here and really have no idea how to like provide the assistance. Like, I mean, how many people walk into a doctor and they say, hey, you should probably focus on diet and exercise. And yet that's it. You know, like we are actually the domain experts when it comes to that and having those conversations with the people who can influence patients to our clientele 
uh, has to happen. So us getting in front and kind of getting to the centers of influence that are more likely to have those conversations and more impactful conversations. So it's not a, like a, an arm twisting conversation when someone walks in for fat loss. You know, it's actually a prescription from a doctor saying like, you got to do something and here is a reliable resource that you can use and vet yourself. So I, I think it's more on the fundamental level of how these conversations are taking place rather than what, what merely I can do. Now, obviously the bigger I get or the bigger that we get, we're going to have better influence and a better reach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, you said it's, it's, it's almost like not necessarily that it's downplayed like on our level, but you know, exercise, it's like, there's so many doctors and providers and things like that, that are contracted with pharma or yeah, whatever. And there's perks and, you know, we could talk hours about that, but the, the fact is, it's like, if you really truly look at a person and you know, just by looking at them, Hey, look, you need this prescription. And the wording is key because if you just say you need to do this versus you are prescribed, you need to do this. They're going to be like, okay, doctor said, I have to do this or blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know, that gives us more credibility because we are the experts in that a doctor doesn't go to school for 11 years to say, Hey, you need to diet and exercise. You know, right. there's, there's more involved versus we go to school for four to six years. And it's like, Okay, listen, the body works in this fashion. This is what's going to help reduce this or this. So yeah, I, I I think it lends itself to like the like the message versus the messenger, right? We we can say the same thing, but they have a stethoscope and a white lab coat, and you know, that makes it official. And I'm I'm actually fine with that because I I'd rather medical doctors being a little bit more understanding that um, you know, quality of life. At some at some point in everyone's life becomes mm -hmm. a real issue that they have to reconcile, right? So I'd rather be more proactive than oh my god you're already type two diabetic, now you have to do these things, right? But why aren't those conversations happening five ten years in advance? Because doctors really don't know an alternative other than what they've been taught, right? No, and yeah. let's be honest, like the whole healthcare system is kind of like. What can you actually, how can you actually influence a person 12 minutes a year if you see your, like for your annual primary visit? Well, yeah. And you spend more time in the waiting room than you do in the doctor's office. Exactly. So like these guys are at a, a disadvantage as well, but mm -hmm. I think the synergy that can be created across different disciplines um, is, is going to be the most impactful thing. Yeah, I agree. It get, getting each other on the same page, regardless of yeah. who's got the doctor behind their symbol and who's got the, the master's degree or, or whatever, like it's. Like, I, I think, I think one of the problems is like the, the perception that there's a, a top-down hierarchy, right? Like MDs are at the top and physical therapists and strength coaches and trainers are at the bottom yep. where really it's horizontal, right? Like we, we all are important to the process. It's just, we do different things. Yeah. And where in that process should you be at? Are um, you experiencing high blood pressure? Do you have a broken elbow? Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's like the, the Chinese and complementary alternative medicine, they have a meridian. Whereas right. they, they don't go based on like, oh, you're feeling, you know, you don't feel so hot today. Oh, you're in quadrant three. And, you know, this is, you know, it's so, yeah, it, yeah. you, you I, I think it, lends, it lends itself to better professional uh, effort, right? Like, cause now you have a team and you can do a lot more in a team environment and specialist than you can do by yourself. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned earlier, the, the edification that a doctor says, Hey, I can only help you so much, but you're going to need to do this. 
and I have a professional that I'm going to refer you to that will be able to take care of the other 50% or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, play devil's advocate real quick before we move on to this next topic is us as professionals, then therefore you need to act as if you are a professional in your craft, you know, maybe it's the way you dress or your just your, your presence, you know, it's like, all those little things matter because we don't have the doctor, the MD, the PhD behind us, but we are a master of what we went to school for. So therefore we can say X, Y, and Z, you know, while holding credibility. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Cool, man. Um, so yeah, so we got the, the, the bigger picture, you know, the finding the partnering with the health clinic, you know, the space is there, you know, let's talk a little more. So on like the marketing side, where would you say, you know, first let me ask you this. Have you ever done paid advertising before? Yeah. Uh, ever since um, before gym launch. And I've, I've been, I, I mean, I was, I'm probably the oldest guy in gym launch now, but I've been there for at least five years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so you were, you were in the program, correct? Yes. Nice. And for just for time frame, what year did you start? I think it was 2018, if I'm not mistaken. I think 2018 was my first year, or I signed up December 2017. So yeah, 2018 was my my first month of gym launch. Excellent. Yeah, I know that uh, I obviously started this year. Um, <laughs> so I know like programs and things like that have changed. But let's talk, you know, prior to gym launch, you know, what was your experience like you know, before you stepped on board, you know, maybe you had a different marketing company, maybe you did your own thing, kind of walk us through that. Yeah, well, we, I mean, we did everything, right? Like, so uh, I would say this, uh, professional problems need professional help and that you can extrapolate that into any domain in your life. But we weren't marketers, we weren't good at it and therefore we didn't get good results. And mm -hmm. then, you, you know, you try to sift through the all, all the options and I used a couple different people and we had decent success, but for what I wanted to do at the rate of change that I wanted to go through, like it just wasn't meeting the criteria that we had. So um, pretty typical story back then, like, you know, I said, spoke, spoke at this out loud. And then all of a sudden I have an ad on my like Facebook page for this thing. And I'm like, let me check it out. And yeah. then I had a, a very uh, good conversation with one of the, the sales reps and it was a no brainer for me. And that was proven to be successful over the last you know, three to five years. And I mean, the, the first month results were better than that last year's results. So, I mean, you had me at hello kind of thing. <laughs> Love at first sight. Yeah. Awesome. That, that, uh, that's a great feeling, especially for all the listeners out there. You know, it's like if the systems are put in place and you follow the systems, there, there's, it's a no brainer. You're going to get the result. Yeah. I mean, I listen, like, was it a lot of work? hundred percent. Was there some failures? Of course. But the thing is, is like the, I think the best thing about gym launch was like, when you messed up, you knew what you weren't doing so you can go and fix it. Right. It really mitigated the ambiguity and the limbo period of like the other services that we had. Like if we had a problem, we could ask, you know, our professional, uh, you know, the concierge and be like, Hey, what, what are we doing wrong? Well, your pixels off or your sales sucks or your time is off, you know, like all these different factors that you're just not aware of until uh, uh, someone that's better than you at the task lends some expertise to it. Yeah, especially when the whole thing is 
you know, gym launch, we deal with gym owners every single day. So it's like, at some point you are the superior or master of your craft because you do it so repetitively. And it's like, you learn, this is good. This is not good. This is really great. This is not so great. And it's like, then it's like, now you take that. And of course turn it over into, um, you know, success after rep after rep. Um, 100%. so obviously all that was good. Um, here's, here's a crazy, you know, we'll say pretzel question. Yeah. You know, with where you are now, when you started, you went through the program, things like that, you know, let's say if you were to jump back into the program, cause things have changed since then, what would be an outcome that would be worth it for you? So like if I, if I went back five years or if I no, say like you're where you are now and say like, if you were to jump back in and do it over again, what would you want to see out of that outcome? I mean, listen, so I, I came in at a really good time. This is where, you know, gym launch was really experiencing some massive growth and uh, Alex and Layla were the, the leader that I needed to ascend. So I, I think a lot of people's growth, whether that be personal or professional is the company they keep. Right. So, I mean, I, I think they're in good hands right now with Kale and Maggie. I just, I I'm biased because that was my experience. Yeah. And, and not to mention, I, I should say this too, is when I walked into that first gym Lords summit or event, and I was in a room full of people that were doing what I wanted to do, it made me elevate my game, you know, and it also gave you belief that it was possible. It's not just a freaking ad that you see on Instagram or Facebook, that these are real people getting real results and it does inspire you to get better or go do something else. Right. And I'm a black and white guy when it comes to that. Like, if I think I can do it, I'm going to do it until I, I know that I can. Right. And that was, that was really the, the catalyst for me to elevate my game and mm -hmm. bring my business, bring my personal life to where it needed to be, to be successful. Yeah. And especially with all the content out there and, you know, Alex and Lily talk about like their relationship and, you know, the business and everything else. It's just like, th there's nothing that you're not going to get. That's not going to be the right tool to be the person that you want to be and get to where you want to get to. Yeah, without a doubt. And I, I would say, you know, like right now, I can still use, you know, uh, some leadership. Yeah, I don't think that ever goes away. Yeah. You know, the accountability that it uh, provided for me. Um, that, I mean, that's, you usually don't have to change things. Like Alex always says this, we often need to be reminded more than we need to be taught, right? So if I just jump back in the program, I actually know what I need rather than I don't know. So everything's going to kind of work for me. Right. So I'd be looking for like just the accountability facet the most. Yeah. Those, those, those gentle reminders that it's like, we've been here. We know this. Let's yep. do this. Yeah. Yep. And I think never not do the basics. Exactly. Back to the basics. Yep. You know, anybody can benefit from the basics. Like, you know, I always take OTF, for example, or orange theory, like, like 15 almost 2000 studios or somewhere around that number it's like when you're that big and even if you scale it to like you know maybe you have two facilities or something like that it's like bring it back to the basics take care of those small little stuff that kind of gets missed along the way and sharpen that sword and sharpen that iron and then like go forward and you know those are the little things that when you have everything 100 now it's like you're a driving force and there's those little things that aren't getting missed yeah and i guess to circle back to an earlier question that you had about like growth. Yeah. Like I'd, I'd rather be more focused on making what we do better than getting more of what we do. So let's piggyback off that question. 
what would be, how would you do things better than what they're already currently at? Oh God. I mean, like, <laughs> uh, I mean, there, I, I'm sure there's a million things. I mean, yeah. I think the big thing that was, so the big rock that we're working on right now is just our, like, so we've changed our front end offer a little bit to more of a, a six week style. Um, but it has given us the opportunity to really audit that process. So we're being hyper-focused on their first six weeks. We've mapped out a different kind of path for them. And that means like how we meet with them, how we deliver programs, how we fulfill with them. Um, but I'm, I'm instead of me, because I, I'll just change things all the freaking time, we're going to stick with this for the first two quarters yeah. and then have a, a good amount of data to look back at like, what's our attrition rate? Uh, where did we lose people? How did we lose them? So it's it's way more based on like a set program that all coaches are are doing rather than I think this is how it's going to look. Let's see how it runs. So I mean, I the client experience to me, like I I know I know we can get results. It's the experience, like because those are the two things for any service based business should look at. Like, do I provide the results? And do we do it where the experiential aspect is congruent with the beliefs or the, the likings or preferences of the client? And then you throw, let's say the gym launch testimonials. And it's like, now you have proof backed yeah. by evidence, however many reviews. And it's like, okay, he's not just blowing smoke up my face. Like it's legit yeah. going to happen. A hundred percent. Cool, man. Uh, love it. You know, love that the, the program, you know, worked and even, you know, say you went back in it and, you know, you learned the basics and or for anybody else out there. So that's, it's great. Um, question I'd like to ask uh, as we kind of make it towards the end here is for anybody out there that's aspiring to, you know, start their own business, or if you just had word with words of wisdom for anybody out there, you know, what would that look like and why? Uh, I mean, I, I'll say like, I, I don't, I'm not like a life hack guy. I don't think there's any shortcuts, but the closest thing that resembles to that is finding a phenomenal mentor or coach. That's, that's, that's the secret. Like you look at all the top perform, like Olympic coaches or Olympic athletes have Olympic coaches, pro athletes have pro coaches. So it would be really uh, stupid for lack of a better word. It would be very stupid for you to think that you can reach the highest level on your own rather than just finding someone who's been there, done that, and glean as much information from their personal experience as possible. And I think that is the number one thing that I've always defaulted to, whether I was an athlete, a coach, a business owner, an entrepreneur, whatever it may be, go find someone who's just a little farther down the path that's, that has the success that you want and learn as much, pay for their time, do whatever, whatever they ask, and really become more accountable to the version that you said you wanted to be for yourself. Nail on the head. It's like, you know, Andy Frizzell talks about this a lot too. And it's like, don't listen to the people that just talk about it. Like if they don't have like, not necessarily brick and mortar, but they don't have something to prove that they've been successful and yeah. what they're saying is worth a listen or worth paying for. Why wouldn't you pay for somebody that's legitimately been your position X amount of time, they have the results, they have the proof. Why would you not pay 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 400 bucks, whatever it is, whatever to that person? Because they clearly know what they're talking about. Well, you, you can only pay two ways, right? You can pay with time or you can pay with money. And at this point, I just want to, I want to, I want to fast track myself as much as I can. And I'll just spend money to get my time back 
and hopefully advance the business because it's not just about me anymore. It's my staff, it's my members, it's my family. That's also like depending on me to do these things as accurately, as effectively and efficiently as possible. Yeah. And you, you know, like, like Frazella talks about, you know, you, if you're doing it right, you're caring about the people you are employing and their futures and their careers. And what does that look like for them when they're putting all their trust inside of you? Yeah, without a doubt. And I also think it's funny, like I'm a professional coach, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I get to the next level? Like, how can I not say that I need a coach if I tell everyone that I meet what they need a coach? Right? Kind of crazy. It's you get it. You literally get it. You said it. It's like Olympic athletes, the top, the elite of elite, they have coaches, professional football players, basketball players, whatever. They have coaches, high school people. They have coaches college people have coaches. It's like, you aren't just going to get to where you want to be without a little help from someone who's already done it. And, and you can kind of just reflect back and be like, when was, when was the period of my life where I was most successful? And that might've been high school where you had the best teacher that got you through and got you into college or college where you had a great coach or in your first, first year out of college. And you had a, a great mentor at the law firm. Like it just, it just lends itself to like, you know, hitching your wagon to someone else and, and, and getting help that you need so that you can ascend at the rate that you desire. Absolutely. Great words of wisdom from the man himself. Um, with that being said, Michael, uh, I think that's a good place to wrap up here. You know, uh, before we head out, trying to give our listeners, you know, a handle on how they can reach you, you know, how can they go take a tour or, you know, look out your facility or if they're in the area, just kind of give them, the lay of the land. How to oh reach yeah. Uh, without a doubt. So, I mean, I, I'm on um, most of the major social media platforms. So the business is under ran phone training on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, if you want to follow me, it's, it's just Michael ran phone on Instagram and uh, Facebook, but I'm pretty active on that. I respond to a lot of messages. You know, again, I've been, I've been around in the business for 20 years in various ways and different roles. Uh, and I, I, I never shy away from trying to help people that I think I can help. So if you have a message, if you have a, a question, you know, I, I think I answered three today on Facebook. Um, and and I'm, I might be slow, but I will respond. I try to get to everyone as much as I can. So uh, that's probably the easiest way. Just DM me. Awesome, Michael. I appreciate that. And uh, for everybody out there listening, you heard it from him. You know, go check out his facility if you are in Hamden, Connecticut. Uh, he's there. He's got 17,000 square feet of unbelievable space. Um, so again, if you're in the area or even if you just want to check out his website, things like that, go look him up. Um, and then for everybody out there listening, if you ever want to be on our show, feel free to click on the link below, fill out all of your information in detail. We'll reach out. We'll get you on and we'll have a conversation all about you and your business. Uh, until then, everyone, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us 
on the show today is Miss Stephanie Newcomb of Unleashed Health and Fitness coming to you from Roland, Arkansas. Stephanie, how are you today? What's going on? I'm awesome. How are you? I am doing very, very well. I am personally excited to, to dig into this business and figure out what you have going on. And I got a pretty good tour and, and idea of what this is all about. But for our listeners and for some background info here, why don't you give us some context? When you talk about Unleashed Health and Fitness, how do you describe what you do to other people? So um, I, I just describe it as a way of, it's my passion to like help others become healthier. Um, and it's not just like a physical thing, it's a mind thing too. And um, I feel like the eating part and the working out part definitely go together. The eating part is probably the hardest part for most people. So that's why I um, decided to become a certified health coach as well, just because they both go hand in hand. Um, mm -hmm. Unleashed is kind of geared towards women. Um, so I mainly have women every once in a while. My husband does work out here and my boys, but um, every once in a while I have a clients like husband come and like visit or whatever but um it's really mainly geared towards women and that's just um, a huge passion is like for me just to help women um even just portray how they look in the mirror you know um and speak truth into their life so it's really not just working out it's kind of the whole package yeah and so focused on women not exclusively but the main demographic is women. Take us back even earlier, Stephanie. I'm interested in the origin of all of this. When was it that, not necessarily when was it that we got the doors open, when was it that the idea popped into your head, I'm going to open up my own business and my own studio? What was going on for you and, and how did all of this take place? So I was working um, just at another gym and um, I was really trying to like, I wasn't getting much help from them personally, as far as clientele goes. And, um, you know, it was mainly women that I was training then. Um, I just wanted to be able to do what I wanted to do and not have someone telling me what to do. So I just wanted to open up my own place so I could have the freedom to do that. Um, and when I, my mom, raised horses and showed horses and she had stopped and had like a really big barn and you know I worked in Little Rock which is Roland is just right outside of Little Rock and um I just had a vision um to gut the barn and turn it into a fitness studio and I got a lot of people that were like oh that's never gonna work because I'm <laughs> not you know I'm not in town I'm away from town so you do have to make an effort to drive this way. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have clients that live out this way, but a lot that do drive out. Um, and it's not, it's just a different feel here too. It's not an average gym. Um, and people actually like the drive because it kind of prepares them before they get here. And then after they work out, then they kind of have that time to prepare for their day. Um, so I just went for it. Um, if I wouldn't have listened to everybody, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, it's just, yeah. you know, I took that step out. I did have one person say, go for it. And I'll never forget that she told me that. And I did. And here I am. 
It's funny how how entrepreneurship works like that. Everybody yeah. is is more than happy to tell you that's a terrible idea, that won't work. But here you are. Clearly, something went well, right? We're still in business. We're still doing this full time. Look back on that time with me for a minute and just kind of reminisce here for a moment. What's been what's been your favorite part about owning your own business so far? But we'll also balance that with what's been the hardest part. What's been the biggest challenge for you being a business owner so far? Um, I think too, probably just because it is me doing everything. Um, and you don't have necessarily someone saying to you like, good job or keep going or, you know, you're just kind of it. So, um, really just to keep that drive is important. And what keeps me driven is, um, my clients that just continue to come back and then to see the changes that they make throughout the years. Um, and then just not just on the outside, but even on the inside, because, um, you know, working out is definitely uh, great for the mental state as well. Um, and then my three boys definitely keep me driven because I want to, uh, be an example of what health looks like to them too. So, um, definitely them too. Yeah. It's, it's funny because sometimes in a business like this, like you said, you're doing everything on your own and, and the buck stops with you. Sometimes the best part of this is that I get to make all of the decisions and the biggest challenge is that I get to make all of the decisions. Yes. <laughs> it's sort of the same answer here on both sides. Now, because you mentioned this isn't quite in Little Rock and people have to drive, I'm interested in how, how word spread, how people even found out that you were doing this. So we'll, we'll put it under the bucket of marketing, but for you to generate interest or to find new members here, Stephanie, what's, what's worked well for you? What hasn't worked so well for you? What have you done? So I've definitely done, you know, um, publications and I, I don't feel like those ever, <laughs> ever work. Um, for me, it's been word of mouth. Um, just people talking about, you know, out here. And then I'd have to say Instagram has been a huge um, help in that part too. I've gotten a lot of clients um, just from Instagram, but definitely word of mouth for sure. Um, and those really those two are the main, I kind of quit doing yeah. publications because I don't feel like that helps. <laughs> in like magazines, is that what you mean? Or yeah. newspapers or yeah. something like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're not the first person to to bring that up here on the show and you probably won't be the last. I just think people don't buy that way anymore. I don't see things in a newspaper. I don't even get a newspaper, but I don't see things in magazines and immediately jump to make a buying decision. Most of our market is more digital. And you mentioned Instagram being one of the big reasons that that people come and find you. I think if we're to put ourselves in the shoes of somebody looking for a gym or looking for a trainer or whatever, they're probably going to go to one of a handful of places. Usually it's either Google, it's Facebook, or it's Instagram, right? So if we're if we're active on those, people can find us. If we're not, people will probably go somewhere else. Have you thought or have you tried in the past or or do you think in the future it makes sense for you to take that money that you were putting into print to, to advertise on Instagram? Has that, has that been a thought for you at any point? 
Yeah, um, I know I have done some um, on Instagram a few times and I don't, I feel like the hashtags actually help me more than anything because I've, I've had a few just that like moved here and they would put the hashtag like Little Rock Fitness um, in and then see what came up and that's that's been a huge help. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you saying that makes me sit here and think that I do need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess I'll be the, the catalyst for the idea. So to take us to the next step, we've covered the marketing piece of this. When someone's interested in working with you, walk me through what the, the quote unquote sales process of this looks and feels like what happens for that person to, to eventually sign up to work with you. Um. So normally, um, especially for like word of mouth, normally, no, they're texting me or calling me and then we'll have a quick call. Um, and, you know, the way I train is um, it's really just for everyday living. Um, and it's so that you're, you're strong in what you do in life in general. I don't have like a bunch of machines. You know, we basically use free weights and bands and things like that. Um, but I try to explain that. Um, and that's what really people want, you know, if they're in a sport like tennis or something, they want to get better in that obviously working out, it's going to help their game. Um, and then just, you know, you squat and lunge and do all those things every single day, just in life. Um, but it's important to be strong just to even help, you know, from accidents happen from injuries or whatever. Um, so I just kind of explain it as that. And that's, you know, people, that's what people want. I mean, yes, they do, you know, want to look a certain way, but it's, it's more just about being strong physically and mentally. Um, and so I just really just emphasize that part, you know, obviously if the client has goals, we definitely work on that, but, um, yeah, it's just about being strong just in life. Yep. And so it's, if I can summarize here and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds personal, but fairly laid back as well. There's our industry over the years has gotten a really bad rap for these high pressure tactics and sleazy kind of curveball mentality, but you, you make it about the person, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm understanding you're yeah. first and foremost, just, just looking to figure out what it is that they're looking for before we can decide if we're a good fit and how we can be helpful to them. Beyond that, Stephanie, we hypothetically sign somebody up. We've got a new client. In your mind, what do you focus on to make sure that we keep these people as clients as long as possible? How do we retain? Um, so I just feel like it's a relationship. Um, you know, it's not just they come in and work out and leave. It's being interested in that client's life, just, you know, their kids or, you know, what they do, um, when they're outside of here, that's, um, I, you know, I provide some classes and I, I do love my classes, but I love the personal training more just because you do get to interact a whole lot more with that client you know in a class setting there's about 15 people so it's it's hard to have a conversation with every single person that walks in when it's a class um but it's just relationships like i want like i love and i care about my clients and i want what's best for them and i make sure they feel that so don't get me wrong like i do push 
and I can be hard, but that's only because <laughs> if it's, we won't push ourselves, you got to have that person to push. The people are coming to us for a reason. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. So it's really just the relationship and just having that with that client and truly caring for that client. Yep. Now, you've been doing this for, for quite a while on your own here. Paint me a picture of where this whole thing is going for you in in the longer term what's your what's your goal here where do you want to see unleashed in the future um so my goal is to definitely bring on another trainer so i work you know from 5 a.m until about noon i don't work in the evenings because of my three boys um it's just important for me to be able to to take them to their activities and stuff i tried at the beginning and it was just too much um so I just keep thinking about how this place is here and it, you know, someone could definitely be using it. So definitely bringing on another um, personal trainer is definitely in the future. I'm just going to be really picky, obviously, because that person is going to represent my brand. Um, and, you know, obviously just in, in Arkansas in general, we don't have just a ton of really good personal trainers here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, anyway, but yeah. it, would, it would be nice to have someone fresh that I can kind of guide as well. Um, it, but, staffing is a, a conversation that we could go down rabbit hole <laughs> after rabbit hole after rabbit hole. And, and part of it, I mean, I don't know the Arkansas market, but part of it is just because of where we're at in the timeline of fitness. COVID wiped out a lot of people that were one foot in one foot out in the fitness yeah. space and they went and found something else to do when gyms shut down and so i think we're in this natural kind of lull for availability for trainers on top of what you talk about there's just not a huge market for it to begin with so i think that, yeah. that may be a challenge for you here in the long run but it sounds like a huge opportunity on the other side of that you know? Yeah. I mean, it would be, it would be awesome. Um, but I just, um, like, I don't foresee me stopping anytime soon in my mind. Like I kind of feel like it would be cool if one of my boys took over one day, <laughs> um, or even how just, far like, is that timeline? Yeah. That's like 10 years down the line. <laughs> <laughs> um, or even just like, well, I mean, my oldest is 16, so I mean, obviously he could in a few years if he wanted to, but, um, you know, I don't, I just, I have, like, things that I want to do here as far as making things better, but, um, you know, and I still have a little bit of the barn left over that I could probably, like, tell my mom, okay, I'm going to take over the whole thing and expand a little bit more. We've toyed with the idea of expanding. But um, I think where I am right now is good and um, really just keep rocking and doing what I'm doing and then just hopes that maybe there'll be some growth in the sense of bringing someone else on. Um, yeah. As far as the hours that I work, I'm where I need to be at the moment. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun conversation to have because we start, I mean, our, our conversation originated with, I opened up this because... I wanted to do things my own way. I was in the, I was working for another gym and it just didn't quite jive with what I thought. And here we are years later and you still, you get to do what you want. That's the best part of all of this. You get to steer the ship in the direction that you think it should go. 
we have available space, we have available time and capacity. It's really up to you to determine what you do with it. And that's that's the best part of all of this. Uh, yeah. One final question, and I'll kind of I'll kind of start to wrap things up here. What do you think? I mean, obviously, you were there through through the COVID years. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we don't have any more pandemics coming up. But as you look forward here, what do you think could be some potential challenges or or potential hurdles for you as a business owner looking to grow in the ways that you are? Um, really, it's probably, you know, still just kind of location, you know, I'm not, um, and it, this is just an example and being real. So like, you know, we're at the first of the year and everybody has the whole mindset of it's a new year, new me, and they like start working out. And so like, I hear how Jones are just flooded with people right now. I don't necessarily have that. Um, you know, I get a few inquiries like here and there, but, you know, still location, I'm not prime location. Um, so that, you know, can hurt me a little bit. So um, really just staying consistent with um, just word of mouth and, um, you know, doing the best I can as far as just keeping my clients happy. And then, you know, just it kind of like will trickle down, you know, and people keep talking about it. Um, yeah. If we have a good product, people are happy to share, right? Yeah. And honestly, like the pandemic actually really didn't hurt me. I hate to say that, but it opened a new door for me as far as like virtual training goes. So I really didn't do much virtual training before, but now like even in my classes, I still have like 10 people that are virtual just for classes. And then I still do one-on-ones virtually as well. So I hate to sit here and say that it didn't hurt me, but it just kind of opened the door. Silver lining at least, right? Yeah. Um, it's funny. It's funny to say that a, a pandemic wasn't the worst thing in the world, but <laughs> the business is still here. So you must be doing something right. Yeah. At least. <laughs> It's a good place for us to start to wrap our conversation up, Steph. But in the short bit of time we have left, I want to I wanna save some time for you to tell people and our listeners where they can learn more about Unleashed. Is there a website? Is there social media? Where can people connect with you? Yeah, I have a website. Um, do you want me to say what it is? Go ahead, please. Okay. Um, it's just unleashedhf.com. And then uh, my Instagram is the same thing. It's unleashed, H is in health, F is in Frank straightforward and simple. Stephanie, this has been awesome. I, I really appreciate your willingness to, to give a look behind the scenes and talk about what you do, what the, what's gone well, what we're still working on and, and where this whole thing is going. So I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. It's a, it's a fun time to be in the industry and, and I appreciate your time. I wish you nothing but the best. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in, Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Joanne from Iron Heart Fitness out of Puerto Rico. Hi, Joanne. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, we're really excited to have you on the show today. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at Iron Heart Fitness, tell us a little bit about how you describe your business and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. I would describe my business as uh, we offer small group training classes. Uh, we do also offer salsa, yoga, uh, bachata, and steps aerobics class. Uh, but the main focus is still, you know, the small group functional training uh, part. Um, I started 13 years ago, actually. So it's been a while now. <laughs> yeah, that, is, that is a long time. So I guess 13 years ago, did you start as a personal trainer and then transition to business owner? Uh, no, it's not as simple as it. <laughs> no, I started, I actually started out as receptionist and customer service at a local gym. Mm -hmm. And then I started growing, uh, became, becoming friends with other personal trainers, started getting certified and I, I started to see uh, the benefits of exercise and what can exercise do to the quality of life of everyone and um, disease prevention and fall risk reduction and, you know, gaining, regaining their strength and everything else. So I'm like, you know, like this seems like really interesting. Um, when I started out, I just had graduated from my bachelor's degree in, in business administration. Mm -hmm. So as I'm continue working in the gym and learning a bit more about the industry, I started falling in love and then I jumped right into my master's degree. And now I have a master's degree in exercise science and I haven't looked back. I haven't looked back. I left the corporate world mm -hmm. and now I'm on uh, uh, my tennis shoes all day. <laughs> <laughs> so question about, so your undergrad is in uh, business administration. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. So do you feel like what you learned in college, because it was a business, well, business administration degree. Do you feel like yes. that prepared you in any way, even if it was a little bit, or a lot to be an entrepreneur? 
it definitely did and i would uh i would consider my friend my my as a characteristic of mine i am first an entrepreneur and mm -hmm. then i'm a personal trainer um i've always wanted to become a smoke nest owner i just didn't know at the time it was gonna <laughs> end up being a gym um so yeah it's definitely prepared me i do have a lot of the knowledge i've needed throughout the years in marketing and sales and establishing relationships um, i first started as receptionist and then i slowly started to become a personal trainer then a group trainer and then you know i've moved for a, you know jumped a couple of regimes here and there then i became a manager and the right hand of the of the gym owner and then you know i jumped it was the right time i felt good i had the financial backup um i had the clientele and i'm like you know i can do better i can do better for myself i yeah. can provide a better quality of service it's the right time yeah. so that was about in 2019 mm -hmm. um when i start, first started to develop this idea and then we officially opened up in february of 2020 and as we all know the pandemic hit in march so <laughs> it's been a steep journey but here we are here we are on a podcast <laughs> so yes obviously you guys opened like right before the pandemic hit and mm. Did you, how long were you shut down? Oh, in Puerto Rico, in Puerto Rico, it was a very long lockdown. Um, we were considered non-essential and for some reason uh, unsafe. Mm -hmm. um, so if I remember correctly, we didn't open up back until August or September. So yeah, uh, it was probably five, six, months of lockdown for our for gyms okay so my next I guess my next question is like when you go through a hard time like as a business owner if you could just list off like what what, what are some skill sets that you think are necessary to keep the doors open like three skill sets you went through COVID you were shut down for six seven months um mm -hmm. and entrepreneurship is, is not it's not easy so no. what are three skill sets that you think are necessary um first you gotta read the market you gotta read the market you gotta listen to your clients what do you mean by adapt. read the market you know uh we had for example during the first lockdown uh people were still hot you know oh it's gonna last a couple of days maybe a couple of weeks you know we want to have the option of continuing with our training so, okay, we'll send you some routines you can do at home. And then the lockdown started to get longer and people started to feel the need to connect. So, okay, we'll do some online classes and 
we can meet each other and after the class we can stay and chat a bit and then the lockdown started to get even longer and so what are we going to offer next so send us the equipment we'll still do online book camps and we'll meet each other at open spaces and you know we we started to adapt to what the uh people were asking of us and probably we when we first started we weren't thinking about uh meeting at local parks we had this great space full of equipment and air conditioning and now we had to improvise so that's you know read the market with the people listen to them what do they have to do don't get established in a fixed idea just you know flow with it yeah so really having um a growth mindset and being open-minded yes yes definitely adapt yeah adaptability that's that's really important so yes. let's talk a little bit about marketing what are yes. you guys currently doing for marketing and what's something that you've tried that didn't work well so it's a two-part question currently for marketing we are uh rebranding we are rebranding um so right now it's lot it's a lot based on brand awareness and establishing brand colors and you know getting the name out there um also, we are starting now with the salsa classes, and so it's a lot of uh, marketing, a lot of videos, and a lot of stories, and um, we use Instagram and Facebook mostly, um, but the, stronger, the strongest marketing tool by far is the word of mouth. You know, you have a happy client, uh, they're gonna talk great about you and you don't need to uh, uh, an ad for that. You have the ad, you have a happy client. So yes, word of mouth. What hasn't worked for us? Um, we've done a lot, a lot of stuff, uh, but I think sometimes you try to grab a lot of clientele at the same time like oh there is a an activity going on at the local park let's say and it's full of kids so we try to you know go there have a little spot but you know it wasn't the right audience for us so you got to be really specific and, you know, sometimes simply say no, it's not worth our time or our investment in that activity. So you really got to, you know, uh, analyze uh, before taking that big leap. So do you guys have like a specific target audience? Yes. Uh, Right now, about 75% of our clients are females. 
okay. and 25% are male. Um, so yes, female industry is uh, uh, a gym for females, although we are not 100% targeted on females, but we do feel that they are not listened enough, uh, that training for girls is not strong enough. And, you know, we've seen some girls trying to lift some heavy stuff and train hard mm -hmm. and, you know, do some great things. And uh, yeah, that's where we're targeting, you know, uh, females that are strong, are actually yeah. really strong. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually love that. I think that's really cool. So, Keeping the goals, because a little bit pre-interview, we were talking about some of the goals that you're working towards. With the goal, long-term goals that you have in mind for your business, do you think you have to change anything about what you're doing for marketing? Definitely, definitely. Um, we have to uh, work on our marketing strategies. Uh, I am very aware of that. Um, it's a little bit about marketing and a little bit of, you know, uh, specific growth that we're looking for. So right now, um, because of the pandemic, we've lost a lot of members and a lot of members are actually scared because I'm starting out now and in two weeks there's another wave or someone in my family got sick or um there are new restrictions or there's a new um you know people are still scared are still um trying to get out there trying to get out there in a safe space mm -hmm. so that's our main marketing we have to you know convince that people to come in that is safe mm -hmm. that is an open space and yeah. Uh, yeah we have to get the word out there yes yeah absolutely um okay so tell us a little bit about your day-to-day -day. like what does that look like as the owner of Ironheart Fitness are there certain things that you do on a daily basis to help your business grow Yes, definitely. Um, being a, a business owner is a 24-hour thing. Um, you don't stop. You don't stop. And sometimes it comes with complications, you know. You have to learn when to put down work, put down your phone, and focus on what's going on in your life right now. Um, so, yeah, on a daily basis, we you wake up at 4.30 a.m., teach that 5.30 a.m. class and start working on that 6 a.m. class. And then around eight breakfast, I have another class that I teach at a small shop, shopping mall. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll go there, you know, do my community outreach and then come back, sit down with my phone, answer messages, answer emails. Um, schedule some appointments and work on my marketing for that day or for that weekend 
uh, upload a couple of stories on Instagram, on Facebook, and, you know, start preparing the programming for the PM classes, uh, be there at around 3 p.m., get everything up and running, and, you know, keep answering those phone calls, keep answering those messages. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's a really a 24-hour thing. So, yeah, a lot yeah. of work. So would you at all want to see, like, that evolve or change? Your, like, what you're doing, like, the programming? Um, would you want to be, like, less of that and, you know, have the, maybe have the, the business eventually running on its own? Uh, it was, that will seem ideal, but knowing me as I am, um, I like to be in front of it all, in front of it all. Um, I like to see the programming. I like that it, that would like that, to see that it's tailored and progressive. And uh, um, I like to approve uh, before everything goes out in social media. Mm -hmm. So um, yes, I know I have to um, let go a little bit. I, I know I have to trust a bit more, but you know, it's, it, I am very passionate about what I do and I like to be on top of it all. No, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I completely, like I, I talked to a lot of gym owners who, they just have issues like delegating and like letting go, like you said, and also trusting somebody else with something that they I'll delegate. I, I, I'd say I'll delegate for after I, after you finish, I have to take a quick look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it's good to know that you're open to, you know, delegating. <laughs> working on it, working on it. All right. So it's almost time for us to wrap things up on the podcast. But before, this is my last question for you. Um, yes. Give our listeners one piece of advice that you wish you would have had starting out, knowing what you know now, like all your experiences combined. Um, when I first started my own gym, I knew uh, it was going to be a long and hard path. Yeah. Um, but I wish I knew how hard this was going to be <laughs> and how resilient you would have to be, insistent, and that you really, really have to believe in yourself. You really have... It's not that I didn't, but now that I've experienced all the struggles that have come from owning a gym and this and these hard times, you know, uh, you get to believe a little bit more in yourself. Believe more in yourself. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you. That was definitely a, a mic drop moment there. But before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Oh, they can find me on social media and Instagram and Facebook. Ironheart underscore fitness. And hit me up. 
All righty. Well, thank you so much, Joanne. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. Really looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. Also, to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lund, out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.